It is August 3rd, 2018. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to Anxiety Help with Wes. Schools all across the country. Students are going back and various things can stress those students out. I work at an intermediate school, grades four through seven, and joining me today is my dad, Roger Murphy. What's up today? Hey, Wes. Thanks for letting me come join you today. Yeah. Now, dad, let me... I offer to the listeners here, you've got 42 years in education. 42 sounds like a can't be possible, but it is. And you're still going strong. Strong, baby. <laughs> My fiance just asked, why haven't you retired yet? But I would, when she asked that question a moment ago, I thought, well, this is your, you love it. Like you, you enjoy it. You're on the pulse. Yeah, I've spent all this time with, in education because one thing I, I, I like kids I like, and I get students I, I get it and uh, I think I've even been able to help some kids today yesterday and love spending time with them even when it's not going great let's start with this I particularly uh, am focused and concerned about panic attacks and I want to identify uh, what what does a student do if they have a panic attack at school? Good. Let's break that down, and then let's go into, if you're up for this, what may get someone to a panic attack at school. Gotcha. So when, when I think about that, the fear of losing control in public, be it a student or an adult on at a restaurant, that doesn't change much, but isn't part of the stress... Or the concern, what if I flip out and lose it at school? Yeah, in front of my peers. And I have that overwhelming sense that, of dread or overwhelming sense of something terrible about to happen. Or even go further into the uh, hyperventilation. Or even uh, we've had some students that go in the floor with chest pains or even uh, ball up into a fetal position. They don't want to, their their peers to see them like that. They don't want their peers to see them crying because that loss of face or loss of reputation is huge. And so there's a fear of fear, if, if you can say it that way, and a dread of, of, of dread. When I was having some of my panic attacks that when, so I remember when I look back, I remember having them in high school a few times, but it wasn't really till in my 20s where... I said, hey, Dad, I'm, I'm dealing with this, and, and I ask for your help, and you will today give me credit. Hey, because of your issue there, I've learned a lot about it, and I can help a lot of students. Absolutely. Like it's real to you because you've never had that. You've, no. You've had other issues, but you've never personally <laughs> dealt with anxiety. Wait a minute now. Let's just stay on yeah, topic here. That's true. <laughs> well, we all have our issues. The fear of the fear is part of that panic loop. Once someone goes through a panic attack and it's so uncomfortable, oh my gosh, I sure hope it doesn't happen again. And one of the ways to break the cycle is to not fear the fear, is to welcome it. It's a lot easier said than done. That's a skill itself. But this is coming. This panic attack is coming. It's going to come back. It's going to happen. And if I pass out, I pass out. If my body starts shaking, it starts shaking. And to break the cycle that way. 
I did an experiment with a group of students just a couple of weeks ago, and what we did was set mouse traps, Wes, in front of them, set hot mouse traps, and and um, some kids have an incredible fear of those mouse traps because there's a potential for <laughs> yeah. fear, and I'll tell them how to not get hurt and all that. But then we just paused a minute, and I said, scan yourself. What's happening right now? They all reported their rate of breathing was up, that their heart rate was up, that they're that they're on high alert, and it's just and we're in a safe place with safe people. All we did was set a mouse trap, and I just imagine those students who have to live every day as if they're walking around set mouse traps, you know, and all those trigger points that may that may launch them and the dread of coming against those triggers with no skill to deal with it. You. In the past, you used mouse traps for science, various science projects. What was this? What was the purpose of the mouse traps currently, and what age group were you uh, working these, with? These were seventh uh, through twelfth graders. Yep. And um, and and what we wanted to do was them to f- to create anxiety oh, in the room. Was- okay. I, I want to create anxiety not just inside them, but inside the whole room, and it really worked. We had a lot of anxiety. And, of course, the way you introduce this activity, you can increase or decrease the anxiety. But we'd be just, we would just pause as we move through. And I said, at one point, I said, scan yourself. And they all reported, you know, this increased breathing, increased uh, heart rate. I said, all right, let's just do this. And we just took a minute to breathe. And then I asked them, scan yourself again. And so I was just teaching them some techniques to, to, to deal with panic or a sense of, of dread or, or, or fear, what is there, is there anything you can do when you feel that coming on? You have a thing for mouse traps because I always remember mouse traps. You've used them for project various. You use mouse traps for a lot of teaching lessons. Right. Team building. I've done it with teams, uh, football teams, basketball teams. We use mouse traps. There's a lot of games you can play or uh, group initiatives that you can put together. But this was specific to um, thinking about about fear and how we uh, gauge fear and how we deal with it. It sounds as if part of the purpose of this was mindfulness. Did you ultimately, what did you want those students to walk away with at the end of the day? That's excellent. First of all, I wanted them to realize that just because they feel that feeling okay it doesn't mean that that something terrible is going to happen that will happen they just sense that it will it might happen and so uh, at the end of the day we wanted to realize that here's a few things that you can do when you feel this begin to build up on you and uh, and and breathing was was one of the things that you could do it was it was, it was great um, one of our, one of my students said, "I had no idea that three deep breaths could push this back off of me." And let me say this though: there are some of us who have learned that breathing, and we still need more help. Absolutely, it is it maybe oh. can help a little bit. And for others of us, breathing can actually increase panic. You're saying for the general population, that is a base, that is a technique to use. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Did you, 
you also use humor. Did you use humor in spent, that at, at all? Spent a lot of time um, with the humor side of it, especially with some of those students that were particularly scared. Um, I, I would tell them, I said, well, back away from the mousetrap till you feel safe. And <laughs> then I would go over and open the door and let them go all the way out of the building. <laughs> if they, I would act like they, they were going to have to go all the way out of the building. And I gave one girl my car keys. <laughs> I told you my technique first day of school students I saw nervousness and instead of walking up to the student saying how do you feel are you nervous and I walked up and I said it's my first day here today how do I look <laughs> I'm not going to make this about you but there was something funny about that and they got out of their own self all right so panic attack at school though yes. what do we do we have that fear. We got to realize that fear. And I think the first thing to offer is get comfortable with it, give in to it, even if it's at school. Give in to the fear that they're feeling? Uh, let me reword that. Accept it, not make it wrong. As in, oh God, I hope I do not have a panic attack at school, to it's very possible I will have a panic attack at school. Uh, one of the things that I told one student who particularly dealt with this, I said, when you feel that rolling up on you, and she had a very specific set of things that happened building as it built up in a way of de- very poetic way of describing, by the way, of what was happening to her. I said, I said, so what do you tell yourself? And she goes, I don't tell myself anything. I said, well, let's practice this. Here it comes again. And yes. Just here, here it comes again. Oh, here it is. Yeah, here it comes again. And, and that puts you on alert that, it's, that maybe we're going to combat this in some manner. And I've talked in other episodes a lot about self-talk. Oh, hello, anxiety. Welcome back. Here you are again. You're free to stay as long as you want and come and go as you wish. Okay, but let's talk about younger students. Oh, good. Third, fourth, we don't necessarily engage with them on that level. No. What What do they do? Counselor? Step, well, step them in with a safe person in a safe place. That would be critically important. There's a teacher I met recently who always had a rocking chair for herself when she read stories and she found the, a calming effect on one student who had anxiety who popped in her chair. Now she has a rocking chair for students. That's good. I like that. There's a lot of alternative seating in the classroom, more relaxed lighting. So maybe it's go to a certain spot in the classroom, get some water, get in that rocking chair, fidgeter, safe person, safe place. Safe person, safe place is huge. Because so many students don't even have that in their life. Not, not, not anything to do with just anxiety. They just don't have that safe person, safe place. Distraction? It always, uh, that always helps. We have one of our administrators in our school system that will s- tell a student, come with me. And the student kind of assumes they're going to the office with them. But instead, they step on outside and they walk. They do a little couple of laps Movement. on the track. Yeah, that that's a dispersing uh, methodology that really helps. Uh, and and I've seen many of them. I've seen many students calm down in one lap. For me, it's have a plan. Yeah, good. Oh, this is coming up. When this happens, we will 
here's three options. We will go outside. We will walk. We'll go in the rocket. You know, I have a diffuser. I have an oil diffuser because a mentor, counselor had that, and it was so relaxing. But you don't like smells. That's not your... Uh, I, I don't love that, but I could see how that could help some of the, some you, students. Eucalyptus. Um, you know, uh, some teachers hate this, but those fidget spinners something to do with the hands there's something about taking that 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 anxiety and tension that builds up in the body and extracting that you know into a different place uh, i've seen some of those things or little magnets they can play with that's it's, it's helped as a distraction self-hug well uh, that's that's one of the noted that's one of the things we note all the time cross your arms begin to yeah begin to and count hug, hug themselves yes there's all the grounding techniques Name five things you can hear, five things you see, five things. That's engaging the mind mm-hmm. in another, in, in, a, in a way where you have to focus and then the, you can't focus on the panic at that point. Right. It, it's a focal point that's outside yourself usually. It helps a lot. As we talk about this, I've been aware of these techniques for so long. It, I... I feel like everybody knows them, but they don't. No, they do not, because if they did, we wouldn't be dealing with this epidemic of anxiety and panic that seems to be striking our students uh, uh, in a greater and greater numbers every single year. That's a perfect transition. I am going to pull up. Oh, by the way, here is it's uh, sevencups.com. I have no clue what it is, but... It says, what do you do when a panic attack comes in the middle of school? Let's read this very quickly. Uh, Okay, breath, body, relax, calm down. Distraction, good. Um, Ask to go to the bathroom. That's a good one. That's that's good. I had had a student last semester lock herself in a bathroom stall, and we had to go go in. Uh, Grounding, speak with teachers, explain how difficult it can be. one person here. These are all people who have been through it. Before I got treatment, I would just ask to leave the school grounds and go to a place where I feel safe for a little walk. Not the best solution because you give in to fear. Now we're getting a little bit more advanced. Okay. Uh, last couple things. See if there's anything we don't, we didn't mention. Breathing, quiet place. Yes, set up a plan with your school office. I think we covered most of those. Good. Okay. Why? What can send someone? We've identified one reason, fear of it happening happening in yeah, public, just, and I'm going to write. Just dreading that I might have that happen to me again in a public place. Dreading having it in public. Okay. What else? Let's just come up with a big list. Well, I've spent some time, you know, just the last couple of days with students. Um, you know, they don't want to be lost and be out there in the hall by themselves, especially those students who are changing schools and they don't know their way around very well. That's They dread that not getting to the right class you know, or being the last one through the door, you know, four minutes after everybody else because they've been lost. Oh, late. Yeah. yeah. And late because of being lost. Late because of being Yeah. And that's big. That's, that's a big. That's like a, you do, let's think about that. If you're lost, 
it says, I don't know what I'm doing. You may make yourself, they may be concerned. They make themselves a target. I'm target. I'll get made fun of. Sure. I'm going to be pointed out. Loss of face, I guess you want to call it that. I wrote down bullies. Aren't aren't they concerned? That's a, a hot word. Students concerned about bullies. Um, in the in the line of 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 initiators for anxiety, I think that would be somewhere in that in that family. Lunch, Good no one. no Good. one to sit with. Good one. Maybe you go sit down at a table. There's a lot of booths now. A lot of schools have little booths maybe there's one big table but what about you go sit down nobody comes to the table or you go sit down and someone says no 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 this is reserved for abigail yeah yeah to to that that sense of at social times lunch and other social times not to be included is a trigger for anxiety not included. Yeah, not to have a, right. a place with your group, with a group. No place. What about being picked last in last in PE? You know, I I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's an issue anymore. <laughs> really? No, because our our PE teachers have been educated past that. They they just don't let that happen. Okay. I, they I'd be shocked across the country if that's as big a, an issue as it used to be. Because they're aware that that is so uh, uh, anxiety-producing and so embarrassing to be the last one picked. They just don't pick teams like that anymore. What else? Um, one One of the things that I saw producing anxiety just this week, and I know across the country people don't go back to school this early, Generally, but in our area, schools back in started started you know in the last week or so in this schools in this area. Um, but one of the things that I saw anxiety producing for our students, they've been basically without a big schedule for the last few weeks, and all of a sudden, a twelve year old, a nine year old, a seventeen year old goes back on a demanding schedule. Absolutely, and they and they see the burn of time and energy it takes, and 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 there's some sort of anxiety that produces. They, this is going to get harder and harder, yes. and I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be exhausted, and you know how a person with anxiety their their mind runs off into the next time zone and the next time zone, and they're trying to live in all the time zones at one time, and that is huge producer of anxiety. Uh, one one student was telling me about you know I work now I got to go to school and I got to go to practice and I just and you could t- you could see almost a a sadness in that student uh, because they knew it's going to be really difficult so it's anxiety producing it's dread producing I've written a bunch test anxiety I don't think we addressed that one just yet how yep. about poor I'm poor I got no money. Um, I have seen that um, as students come back and, you know, some of them have their new school clothes or new backpack, and then they're coming wearing the same old clothes they've always had or 
carrying that old backpack that was a hand-me-down from their brother or sister. Um, and it's different ways. For instance, they have to students that are on free lunch have to identify themselves in some way, and uh, and they dread that. That's anxiety-producing. That's financial or socioeconomic. And also when, about the fees. Some some schools collect fees, and some students, because of their financial status, are their fees are waived. And if a student has to yell out in front of everybody, my fees are waived, they might as well just wear a shirt that says, my family's poor. And it does produce a yeah. lot of anxiety. Even as on the low, as we teachers will try to keep that, yeah. there's a bit of a fear. Oh, yeah. How about size? Yeah, you know, uh, as they begin to uh, as they begin to progress through the grades, here's a good example: um, a fifth grader, boys and girls might be have finished the school year last year as the same size. You come back into sixth grade or the seventh grade, and the girls have outgrown a lot of the boys all of a sudden, and it it that's a difficult difficult one for you. You know very well. I was a bit of a late bloomer. And I do remember that same 6th, 7th, 8th grade being one of the smaller ones in class right. and then having classmates that looked like young men. Uh, some of them have the mustache stuff going on. That's right. There's massive size differences. What about pimples? Uh, that, that goes to looks, by the way. Sure. Um, moving on, really small. Hey, I'm a little bit bigger. And you know what I talk to students about a lot? Students would come in, I, I need to work on my weight. I'd like to lose a little weight. Okay. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. They're concerned about I'd like to gain muscle. Looks. It, braces. It, it's it's a huge. The, the way they look, that that projected image, it, it's not changed in the last 50, 60 years. It's still a big deal. I would say it has changed because now there are images. Let me, let me you, offer you gotcha. this. Got you. I got you. Go ahead. Okay. The online presence, the phones, the images. Our, okay, social media came out. For me, my first email was my first year of college. Got it. Mirror and then what other people said, but now because of pictures. So let's just say it's amplified. It's increased. And then here's, speaking of social media, the next issue, and then we'll start addressing some of these. I feel as if students who get blocked on so-and-so didn't respond to a message I sent on Twitter, on Snapchat, on Instagram, on Facebook. Let's say Snapchat. That's a big one. That is almost like walking down the hall to a friend and saying, hey, hey, Brad, how's it going? And they completely ignore you and don't. It, and something happens online. Does it, Where do we stand now in person? Yeah, that I've been confronted my own self by students that I didn't respond to when they sent me a message. But it may just be informational. There's no response. I have my $10. Or, or I thank you, I found my shoes. I, that doesn't require a response from me, but I got confronted this past week from a student. said, you didn't respond when I told you I found my shoes. Well, I didn't know that re required a response, but it was important to them that I respond the, the sending that out into into uh, electronic world and not getting any kind of response back is 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 a big deal 
We're going to come back to that in a moment. The thought that's coming up now is, do I need a response from you in order to feel okay? Right? Right. So if you don't respond to that message in the student's mind, he doesn't like me or he doesn't care about me. Right. Have I done something? Have I? Yeah. Yeah. That's anxiety producing. Mean teachers? They don't... You know, I've been a teacher for all these years. They don't exist. Go ahead. Next topic. Mean teachers are out. Some are just nervous. The teacher. There are some intense teachers out there. There are some intense. The student, I don't feel like I can say anything. What if I get the answer wrong? Let me give you a teacher example of anxiety producing. Uh, A student walks into a class and 15 minutes into the class, they get a syllabus for the next 90 days. And it's just packed with work, packed with expectations packed with projects in 15 minutes. I, I, I don't even know your name yet, and you have just dominated my world for the next 90 days. I, I'm telling you, there's some kids who cry when they get that syllabus. I've seen it happen. When I go to work, a new job, and I get all the requirements of that job, only as an adult can I properly say, I'm not supposed to get this right now. And you've heard me say to you as a new counselor, I'm a new counselor officially, that this is a three to four year learning process. So when I hear how to register a student, my thought is not, I, na- I need to have this unlocked tomorrow. It's give me three years. Give me a full year before I'm even going to start. I'm being really nice to myself. Students can't do that. No. I, when when I went through grad school recently, and I get this incredibly massive, what's it, syllabus, planned for the the year, only now can I say, okay, it's okay. We're gonna chip away at it. I'll be fine. But if I didn't have years of development tools, I couldn't do that. Okay. One of the things that I tell those students who who are just stressing so much over that gigantic syllabus i said did you notice there's a date on this is a calendar with days you don't have to do all this today you just have to do that today and that helps them to start breaking some of that down and get their expectations of themselves back to reality i also have no friends i know are you speaking of yourself or you know what i i set myself up for that one thank you i'm i you know what i could use more friends more men, isn't, isn't it important to have friends uh, of the, your own gender? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think, but that reminds me, there are some students, by the way, who always hang around the teachers a little too much, meaning that can be a little, I'm a little ner- more comfortable with a teacher where it's safe than a student my own age, or I'm comfortable if I'm a guy with all girls versus that. That's a side note, though. It is, but there are some students who they they they're just more comfortable around adults. Yeah, they're not trying to be pests or anything like that. They don't know how to be a friend to somebody their own age. Oftentimes, their parents have thrust them into kind of an, an adult role, but other times it's just the 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 adults are a whole lot less less threatening to them than and and the adults provide a lot of approval where maybe the friends wouldn't be knocking out that approval very much. That reminds me of 
so we've got friends. The last one I'm going to add, and then we're going to start breaking these down. All right. Okay. Noise. Noise and l- loudness for an anxious personality, like at the lunchroom, and you got teachers, who oh, coming to the left. They're barking orders because it's loud. That can be anxiety-producing. Right. It can. And in reference to that, a lot of schools have provided some alternatives to that noisy space. And, and of course, now electronics has taken care of some of that because you can put sound deadening systems in to uh, public Absolutely. spaces. And I've seen that. Like in cars. It, it's amazing. Noise reducing technology. Yeah. It's, is now, uh, it sends out certain sound waves yeah, to it, block. Yeah. Yeah. And um, a lot of companies are using them now and they're just now beginning to be used in school in those big, loud public spaces. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's go back to the top and let's, Here's what I would like to do. You tell me if you have a different idea. I think we can identify a way to battle, a way to face each of these elements, and then maybe some blanket state. I've got to imagine there are some that would work for all. Starting with dreading having the panic attack or the anxiety in public. So you go back to a student going, I'm going back to school. I can have a panic attack at home, no problem, right. but not at school. Right. What do we What do we tell that person? We've already addressed, talk to the counselor, safe place, fidgeters, but specifically for that, what do you got? Give me one or two. Well, for s- several students who have that dread of the panic attack, uh, we have given them blanket permission to step out of the hall or step out of the cafeteria or step out of the classroom and a place that they can go to and and get themselves together. We've got a space for that. And, uh, you know, it's very seldom used, but just knowing it's there, you know, you can extract yourself from any situation and go to this space, come in, that chair's for you. You can sit down uh, and be quiet. It's a, it's a quiet, uh, dimly lit place. and Or you can go to a supportive adult but if, but if all you need is just step out of it just a minute to bring yourself back under control, and the student, knowing they have a place like that, gives them some control. It's almost as if I have a pill, and I know if I flip out, I Perfect. can take that pill, but I'm rarely, if ever, going to Perfect. have to take boom. Yes. Have a plan. That may mean permission to leave, uh, code word with the teacher, and... I would add to welcome it, to break the fear of the fear cycle. Is this going to happen? Okay. Good. Welcome the worst. You're going to make it through. Test anxiety. Uh, Because our students are high stakes tested beginning at really early ages, we are teaching test anxiety across across the country. We are teaching because... um, unknowingly because the teacher themselves have anxiety about it because they're being evaluated, maybe even paid based on the results. They are, they are uh, vicariously passing on the anxiety to some of their students. So to start it with test anxiety, I would start with, with, with teachers, the, the test passer outers. <laughs> they, I would start with them and say, look, you can create or deplete the anxiety in your room 
based on how this is handled. Okay, that's that's one thing. But for the student who who says I have incredible test anxiety, all right, we want to try to give them every. Uh, every shot at doing well on the test and trying to keep the anxiety at bay. One of the things that w we recommend our students, you know the test is coming. The number one way to, to counter test anxiety, pre preparation. Yes. You prepare. There's not going to be any surprises if you're prepared. Okay, and also you know you, you're, you're prepared for the test. You're also prepared for the anxiety that comes with it. Read your body. There comes your heart rate up. You know, there there comes your breathing rate. Your respiration rate is coming up. Let's move to some of those techniques that we're teaching. Let's start by breathing. You want to take the test standing up? No problem for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are students that, that, that just that physical movement seems to help. Um, also, providing, telling them that um, do do as much as you can. And if that if the anxiety is impacting you, you can come back later and complete this exam. You you don't have to you don't have to do it right now. You do not have to turn this in completed right now. That helps. Sometimes you can do those accommodations. You said something, let me recap what you said and I'm gonna add prepare. Actually pre preparation, no procrastination. It's some of that anxiety is self developed by not preparing. Absolutely accommodations if needed i would add counseling because some students just simply could benefit from counseling it's more than i could do i can't do a counseling session right now right not knowing the specific situation right. if i were to offer anything from a counseling perspective it would be this to prepare not just for the, the test but to prepare your response to the anxiety well to, to the grade you get oh good boom did I just impress you yeah, it was with pretty that? Impressive, yes. Have you ever heard that said before? No, That's, never. Okay, here's what I mean by that. And a good football coach would say this too, right? What if I get that test back and I make a 100? How am I going to? How will I act? How will I feel? Okay. Now, what if I get a 60, but I expected to make a 100? Yes. So if I prepare for all scenarios, mentally and emotionally and I get that 60, I will already have a plan. So I might, as a parent, I might go over this with my, with my child, or if I'm a child listening to this right now, I might prepare. So I might say, okay, I want to make 100. I made a 60. What will, how will I take this on? Well, one, I'm going to be disappointed. That's okay. Two, I will ask the teacher for help. Absolutely. Three, I will put it in perspective. This is not the end of my life. Like I would go through a prepared response if yes. I make an A, B, C, D, E, or F. Good. Moving on. I Anything like else for I test like anxiety? Uh, well, uh, I think that I think there's skills can be developed to help the, with test anxiety. One student, uh, I said, "Look, your body's already on high alert. That's not necessarily that bad. You know, you can also, you know, that rush of adrenaline can also be helpful." And when it's a big test day, I I would I recommend doing something different. If you don't eat breakfast, eat breakfast that day. If you if you're one of those kids who kind of dress up for school, don't dress up that day. But if you're a normal, extremely casual person, 
dress, change your dress a little bit. Hmm. And and since your body's already on high alert, let's go ahead. Let's go with it. Embrace and, the high alert yeah, and trying to challenge that adrenaline into uh, a little bit better recall and a little bit better problem solving. They say neuroscientists that fear is the same emotion as happy. I don't know that I buy that. Don't buy it. Okay, thank you. You don't. Not at all. No. I've never. My uh, when I'm happy, or or know I'm going to be happy, I don't get that pit uh, pit of the stomach feeling. Can you tell me from a science background what? Uh, so my stress shows up in a knot in my throat, and I know oh, okay, there's something bothering me. What's going on? Do you actually know physically uh, why 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 it localizes? Yeah, uh, you know, and it and it hits different people in different ways. Some people feel it in their neck. You know, some people feel it in their gastrointestinal hives. Yeah, the yeah the loose bowels. And now I'm not trying to be funny, but uh, the people were as an issue. Um, one student talked about this this tight band around their chest that sure. they couldn't fully inflate their lungs, and they thought there was something wrong with them. Yeah, it's a little bit of a panic attack so, happening. So, sure. So these so these things are manifesting themselves in in our body. But why it's localizing, for instance, in your throat, I, I don't really know the answer. We should do a little more research on that. Test anxiety. I think we've covered it. We've gave, given some good stuff. Ready to move on? Yes, sir. Lunch. No one to sit with. Okay. I'm, and I'll give you an example. I saw a new student at a booth this week. Uh, it could sit four or five kids. Maybe someone's going to come and sit with him. Maybe not. Okay. Now, I also saw another girl, not a new student, sitting down. And people like her, and they know her, but they just didn't end up sitting with her. A little girl raised her hand and said, hey, nobody's sitting with her. Can I move? Can I go sit with her? Yeah, it's good. I said, absolutely. Go do it. There were two people at one table. so There were three. She branched off, made it two and two. The new student, I sat down. And then I started bringing other new students over and forced them to interact. Okay. Anyway, new student, where to sit at lunch? What you got? It's 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 a a whole entire cultural study about how they sit in lunch. And you don't have time for me to talk talk you through that, but they sit in societies, and it it they sit with generally with the people who fit in their part of society. It, it is amazing how structured it is if you just really watch it and know what's happening. Um, and so a student who can't sit with their particular society group or their a peer group like them that has to go sit with somebody at a perceived lower peer group it, it hurts them inside the building to be seen sitting down with somebody that's not like them. It, yes. it's, it, it's, it, it's, you just can't know how big this is. I, I don't know. Let me interrupt very quick. I don't know if there's training for this. I feel as if, as a guidance counselor, I should go in, not just address school. We can try to minimize, and a lot of schools have things in place. Yes, cultural issues. Cultural, cultural hey, training. if you see someone sure. not sitting by themselves, be nice, be a buddy. And, and there is some cultural training, but I almost feel as if several class periods could be dedicated to managing that emotion at lunch. 
and and schools can certainly put precautions and provisions in to make people as comfortable as possible. But specifically, it happens. It it has happened. It will happen. What do we do? If how do how do you counsel? How do you work with that child? Well, from from my standpoint, I'm going to go to a student who's a little more confident and a little more aware of invisible people. That would be kids who are eating lunch by themselves and ask them to bring them along. That's one of the things that, that I do is, is to, to go tell my friend Lexi, Lexi, there's a little girl that sits right over there in the corner. She needs somebody to eat with. Will you take care of that today? And, and, and 99% of the time a student will reach out to that person and, and, and rope them in until they can find their own group. Okay, so later they'll find, maybe find their own group. Uh, we've had students who won't eat. They don't eat at lunch at all it's because they don't have anybody to sit with. That's really, really sad, really sad. But the other, the other thing that uh, I've seen a group of students do is they make up their mind. They're going to invite new people to sit down there with them, but that's some really strong, mature, together students Absolutely. that are trying to do that. We had a at the teacher's table yesterday, a young lady new to the school came and sat down at the teacher's table and said, I don't have anybody to sit with. Can I sit with, with you guys? And she sat with the teachers. And that's the first student I've ever seen ever approach a teacher's table and say, can, we, can I sit here? And I, I looked at that girl. She, she looked bright, intelligent. She's a nice-looking young lady. And I thought, wow, it hurts my heart that she – that somebody hasn't grabbed her and said, come and sit, sit with us. Okay, I think you've pointed out to the key. Is it possible even to a student who hasn't socially developed yet, let's say third grade, let's say fourth, even high school, oh, yeah. I'm not confident in it. I wasn't. I couldn't do something like that. But what if we give them a mission? I'm sure there's something out there. They're sure there's something that a teacher can help with a student. I can help counsel them and be like, what what do we make that mean if we're turned away at a table? Yeah, what do oh, we make it mean? What That's we good. make it mean and address at that level. However, a preventative measure may mean everybody should have a mission. If I give that student a mission instead of who is sitting with me, who's going to sit with me or where am I going to sit, what if we focus on who can I look for who may be concerned right. and make myself the helper Right. And then you're not even concerned about self. Right. Perfect. Okay, so that's that's one actual thing to offer. Here's, Give them a mission. Here's another thing I've always I've always uh taught students, look, you're coming to lunch, you know, from one of your classes. You know, from a class that you were just in. And even if you just follow one of those people that's in your class and and sit down with them. It's it's more natural. Like we were just in class together. Now we're going to sit down at lunch together, and and it's more natural than just going off and sitting by yourself. And again, most people are not going to reject reject those kids. Just just find out who's eating lunch in your lunch period and say, "Can I eat with you today?" What if you? I love that. What if you go up, you go to sit down, and a group says, "Sorry, this is for this is for Preston." Yeah, I've seen it happen. This is for Preston. What do we tell that student who's been turned away? Yeah. 
one of the most uh, hurtful things that could happen. At the same time, maybe it's not mean. Maybe Preston has already has. No, has, no. Has, Preston may have already put his stuff down. Preston there. may have said to Billy, "Hey, save me a seat." Yeah. And they're going, and now that child has to save Preston. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is for Preston. Maybe it's not mean. Right. It's not. Maybe not meant to devalue that person. Although back when, to what I was saying earlier, they sit together with their little society, their little society, their little band. And that band has status in that building, has a certain status in that building. Maybe if you let me come back sometime, I'll talk, talk you through this whole thing. And so if you're rejected by that group, it's not just, be, it's not just being rejected um, by that, at that table to eat, but it's that strata of that society inside that building has just rejected you. And now uh, you students... Uh, know that a, a portion of of friendships have just been closed off to them. Now, this this is this is real stuff. This this really happens. Are you telling me for that student we have to sit down and and counsel them? And we think, have to really look in. Is there anything right now we could identify easily, clearly to that student turned away? Um, a line. Teach them a line to say. If if somebody ever does that to you, uh, for instance, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't really want to sit here anyway, or I didn't mean to sit. This 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 is not where I'm supposed to sit. Something to so that they have the last word over the rejection. How about this? Yeah, I like that. Oh, that's cool. Enjoy your lunch. Okay. Like it's not personal. Okay, cool. Enjoy your lunch. Yeah. Now, I think that I think something like that could help them and then of course they're still walking around in a cafeteria where maybe everybody else has already found a seat and that's tough yeah teachers are are on the lookout i i don't know if i've shared this i don't remember being super concerned about where to sit at lunch do you um i i do remember a little bit about it yes i only have one story and that is in eighth grade i did switch from one table to another and that was a big deal it had a little bit prettier girls, <laughs> and I was kind of tired of the one group that I was with, and I do remember making that switch, and it was kind of fun. Uh, but again, we only had like three or four massive tables, and I guess if you're at the long table, it's, am I sitting in the middle? Am I on the end? Then there's, even if I'm at the table, where do I sit? Right. Okay. A line, give them a line. Yeah. Give them a mission. If if I'm seeing this, I can help them by by taking that student to a, a table where there's a seat, and it doesn't really matter who's sitting there, and I and I can label this table out. Hey, hey you guys obviously sitting here together because you're the cool kids. Uh, do you mind letting me put one more cool kid right here with you? Have y'all met Angela? And, and oh, that's teaching the teacher. Right, you're teaching the teacher right there. And it may be a mentality we have to teach the child it's not personal, perhaps. It's not personal. It really isn't. But it feels personal. It feels personal. But Maybe imagine. some assertive techniques and speaking up. Hey, mind if I sit with you guys? And if they say no, it's okay. But imagine that poor kid who just dreads going in there again today and trying to find a place. That's really hard on him, and I can understand why that's anxiety-producing. 
And then the next thing you know, they're going to have mysterious illnesses and start missing school. It happens. You also, for teachers, we don't want to be too nice to them. Like if you're sitting by yourself, you don't want to be, oh, hey, how you doing? Like now they're going, okay, clearly the teachers identified me because I'm sitting by myself. Some are like, I don't care. I'll take it. But we have to at least be aware. And I walked by a student. I gave him a fist bump. What's up, man? He seemed cool doing his thing. I didn't make a scene. We kept moving. Yeah, that's it's. At, you don't want to call undue attention to that student. Here's that look at that kid is so pitiful that the teacher has to eat with him. Exactly. They do have a new row of of high tables that face the wall. Yeah. And so you kind of can pull up. It's almost like. Okay, I can eat by myself, but I'm not really. But I don't this, look by myself. This is an open space, right? And maybe you don't want to talk in school. Sometimes I eat, and I just want to eat and and be quiet for a minute. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, giving students some alternatives to where they eat, uh, besides the cafeteria, if you can let have some picnic tables outside, or you can go outside and sit on the benches or whatever, that relieves a little bit of that. But I really feel sorry for students who I call the invisible students that are eating alone, but nobody sees them. And yeah. So my work is not really with that student. It's with the other students. I do remember, and we're going to move on. I do remember feeling that in college. I went to college, new school, and it's more of almost like a, a shopping mall where you go in and you can choose for four or five different places. Exactly. There's a big dining area. It's a little tougher. Than it, but it doesn't stop at school is what I'm saying. No, it, it goes right on. I am today, I am comfortable walking into Salsaritas or anywhere and fully eating by myself. Well, you're used to it. I'm okay. <laughs> Was that a little friend joke here? I, I'm comfortable. You know, if someone says, I went to the movies, people ask, what do they ask? Not just, what would you see? Who'd you go with? Who'd you go with? Who'd you go? I went by myself. You you what? Yeah. Yeah. But that also can say I'm super comfortable. You know, as an adult, I would coach an adult like this. Or a, a, if you're 16, 17, or you're a freshman, sophomore, I would say just sit there and look around. Do a little people watching and feel those feelings. Tell yourself they're false. It doesn't necessarily re- Maybe I don't have friends, but this doesn't represent forever. Exactly right. Just sit, sit there Sit with your head high, eat, and look around, but, and but, be open. But people who who are experiencing anxiety, they think it's going to be forever, and they 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 project that out to every day of school from now on. Okay, yeah. They try. And we often do this, and I do too. We live in more than one time zone. You know, we try to live in the present, and the past, and the future, and the future's future, and the future's future. And project it so far down the line, it's almost unbelievable. They can they can go from not having somebody to eat with today to spending the rest of their life alone. I mean, they can in one thought process. I heard a counselor uh, mention um, career, and she said, "Does that mean if we look at career?" She said, "What are we going to be doing in guidance curriculum? We're going to be looking at career." Mm-hmm. And she said, "Does that mean?" That you have to decide today what you're going to do. And the kids go, no. She goes, no. You're in fourth grade. <laughs> but she had to say that because some kids may go there. Right. Oh, if, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
Yep, this test I fail means I can't get into flight school. Okay, moving on. Lost. Lost. Yeah. Uh, the no, no matter how hard the school tries, guided tours, take your schedule, walk around with the group and find your room, all of that, no matter what they do, there's going to be some lost kids. They're just going to be lost. And uh, I've known of some that got lost and they go hide in the bathroom. In in college at university, I've gone in and sat down at the wrong in the wrong class, and, right? And I'm, uh, they start talking about American history, and I'm supposed to be in Spanish, and and it's really embarrassing to get up and walk out. Whoa, this is not my this is not my class, and so students that are lost and trying to get to the right place, uh, no matter what you try to do in preparation, there are going to be some of them that are lost. But they, the, the anxiety part of it is they dread the fact that they might be lost. You know, they, yeah. just start, they start projecting that I'm going to be lost. I'm going to look like an idiot, and I'm going to start crying. And it all comes back to that, right? Yes. Looking like an idiot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I will look bad. Yeah, it, we do it, not it, want to look bad. No. They don't, they don't want to. You know, students don't risk much anymore because they're afraid of what, how they'll look or not look. It keeps them from risking things and keeps them inside a comfort zone, a comfortable area forever. And you don't learn anything when you're in a comfort zone. you got to get outside that comfort zone. I love it. Comfort stretch panic, your famous game. I always, uh, when I counsel, I always ask, I always go to the worst case scenario. Good. What's the worst case scenario? You get lost and ultimately I get what happens, and can we handle and accept the worst? And usually, oh, yeah, it's not that bad. I'm going to look like an idiot. Okay. So if here's my coaching. Here's my only suggestion. If I'm not going to counsel, they're concerned about getting lost, ask someone. Yeah. Just, Just ask. grab somebody and say, where's 232? <laughs> you know? Yes. And, and if, you, if, you have a, if, if you have an adult that you can ask, um. Uh, you know, they they can tell you. Or they might be able to tell you. Should be able to tell you. But it can be a student. Do you know where 232 is? Students want to help, too. They do. They do. They Students want to help each other. And and for me, if a student is lost, I don't try to say, you go down, you know, to the next hall and take a ride. You and walk the back them. Lift. I just walk them down. Yeah. So they don't have to worry about it. And I've seen students do the same thing. but But some students wouldn't ask. Because of that dread of the repercussions, bullies. Yeah, that's you know you know that means a lot today. It does in person, online. Somebody making fun of somebody. Let's just say physical bully. Okay, I'll tell you this. Saw a little girl very recently. She looked very distraught. She was new at the school, and I I said, "What do you uh?" How do you feel? And she's like, not good. Uh, or I, I didn't lead with that question, but I said, what's, what's the worst part about today? The worst. And I just embrace if they're not in a good space. Oh, cool. Tell me how bad it is. I would love to hear how terrible things are for you. Yeah. And she said, I'm, I'm nervous about bullies. Hmm. What, do you, what, what, what do we got for them? What do we tell them? Well, if I'm talking to them... Um, I can relate to them that 
you know, there may there are 1,123 students in this building, and have been for the last four or five years, and and I've only talked to two students in in the last three years that have had a true bullying incident in, in a building. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yes. because that that the trigger word right now it's a hot button word. Can people be mean to people? Yes, they can. But does it rise to the level of bully? Well, the word bully just doesn't do it for me. I use the word personal terrorism. If somebody personally begins to terrorize a student, that that rises to the level of bullying. Exactly. We have to define what it means. Are they being mean? Are they being rude? Or is it bullying? And that definition is also personal terrorism. if you put it in category, a lot yeah. of people understand. Okay, so we have to define it. Let's Absolutely. say, let's say, old school, old fashioned bullying. Walk in the hall, they physically push you, and which still does happen. It does happen. It does happen. I spoke if with you, numerous students last semester. If you got YouTube, you know it happens. It happens. What What about the? Oh, hey, nice. You know, maybe they have had surgery, and the student comments on that surgery. Yeah. What if it's a person who's super tall, super short? overweight hey fat so that's bullying can yeah. we call that bullying it, it, it's just crude and rude yes students to a student nervous about bullying or to a parent who's nervous about what 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 do we got what can we give them well we give them coping strategies instead of running home and telling mama they don't want to go to school anymore we'll give them some coping strategies true self-esteem is developed through facing those issues and and moving through them adversity yes absolutely. moving facing the adversity and experiencing growth from it absolutely in in personal relationships going through problems and coming out on the other end that's that's some of the best part of a relationship is to move through that and you get closer f- through having that adversity having those problems so we don't make it bad oh okay i'm taking this one relax for a minute dad let me take this one go for it you got a bully students come to my office bully situation oh wonderful oh great i hope you do get that opportunity so i'm going to flip the script i hope you do have a bully because we get a chance to figure out how to deal with it awesome absolutely so if a student says i'm nervous of bullying oh awesome cool let me know how it goes and then i'll come up well i'm on your team we'll come up with some strategy oh they called you fat cool how are we going to take that on and how can we communicate back to that person perfect not just not just not just words but the physical stuff are we how are we going to how teach them to respond i'm never too quick to solve their problem i want to give them tools to solve their own problem and develop self esteem and confidence from that i don't i don't say immediately run tell the teacher no no the teacher can not. put it put the nicks on it pretty quick but now if it's ridiculous and they're in danger oh that's different we got to step in yeah but one of the first things I talk to students about is you don't have to respond to every comment that comes in your life. If somebody comments to something to you, near you, about you, or around you, you don't have to respond to that. What you think of me is none of my business. Yeah. 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 And so, oh. if, so if somebody calls you fat, you don't have to respond to that. Just go to class. Keep walking. Now, if they say it again, we're bringing it up, we're bringing it up a notch. Tell me how I did here. Okay. I had this happen a bunch. 
and it happens more in middle school, I feel like. High school, you kind of find your thing. You're younger, a little bit nicer. Middle school, we start to say, who am I? And let me push the boundaries a little bit. And, and the person calling the other person fat is not necessarily bad, but that's not, that's not very nice. But maybe they're exploring, okay? Sure. So I don't make them a villain. I don't make the bully the villain, all right? But I might say this. I said this to a student who was actually fat. They were actually overweight, and they were concerned about it. And this student and I were working together on nutrition, on how can we lose some weight. It, it was fair. You know, we want to be okay with our body Absolutely. and accept where we are. Absolutely. But also, if you have a goal, let's work on it. Okay, if the doctor says you're a little bit overweight, perhaps we can work on that. Yeah. So what I said to this student, here's what the response he came up with himself. Here's what he came up with. And I know we're getting there. We're, we're doing a lot today. I see. I, you just took a big breath. I told the student to say, you know what? I'm working on my weight. Excuse, I didn't tell him to say this. You're getting so tired, it's distracting me. You okay? Good. You're good? Yeah. The microphone is you're rolling your eyes, tickling. You're, you're my yawning. Nose. Okay, you're with me. All right, stay with me. You're mad that I called that out, but that's <laughs> what I do. I'm a counselor. Here's what we developed. Hey, I'm working on my weight right now, and you're not helping. That that doesn't help. Or it seems as if you're trying to hurt my feelings, and it kind of does. What have I done to upset you? Wow, you're really upset with me right now because you are you bothered by my weight? Yeah. To just engage on some level. Okay, bullies. Well, Prepare a response. You don't have to respond to every comment. Yes. Yeah. You know, when, when one student, when somebody, he was working on his weight, when somebody would say something to him about, you know, you're big or whatever, he'd go, more to love. And just keep moving. Ooh, hit him back with some funny. Just keep moving. So short. I heard a number of students, hey, shorty, hey, short, yeah. height. And um, you, so you could use a humorous response. Um, but it, it, it also, I don't want them to go back. I don't want them to be like, well, you, you've got this. No. It's, I don't it's, want them to start playing that game. No. Uh, and, and their response does, I don't want it to be self-deprecating either. Oh yeah, I'm a yeah. Oh, I'm a little. I'm like a little mouse. No, yeah. no, no, no. We don't want to go there. We don't want to attack the other person. No. We we want to stand. Oh, how about this? Hey, stop. Yeah, I saw that happen. Hey, a student looked at another student. Stop said, it. Don't call me that anymore. Don't call me. And he said it in a firm voice. But you you got to have a little bit of uh, self esteem to be able to pull that off. Before we move on, going back to it. I'm not going to make the bully a villain, and I'm going to let the student know that I'm okay with this. Cool. I'm on your team, and I look forward to dealing with a bully. This will help me. Absolutely. And, of course, what you were taught. Yes. And I was taught. Hit them in the mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Try to get no witnesses and. You, if you well, have to physically defend yourself from physical threats, go ahead and do it. Well, the fame story, myself in middle school, mm-hmm. uh, had a, I was dealing with a bully. I was the shorter person. That's why I used that example. And uh, this, this bully was being physical with me, and I got your permit. See, a lot of students don't retaliate 
Because not the punishment from school, but mom or dad is going to be upset. Exactly right. Can I have permission? You gave me permission to hit this person in the face. If you had to. I, I was physically assaulted. I got up and I hit the person in the face. It put them on the ground. And there was no more bullying. It's <laughs> amazing. It doesn't get to that as much today. But well, you hate to tell your child to hit somebody. Yeah. But if you're being hit, yeah, you can't. I, I don't think it, somebody should just stand there and take it. It's okay to run away, too. It really is. Absolutely. And, I, and I've told students sometimes, you've got to get away from them. Get out of there. As fast as possible. And that's a lot of... Uh, self-defense techniques is to do something and get out of there. Let me offer this thing, too. A lot of people who claim to be bullying need to really ask, am I the bully? Yes, absolutely. What happens, we see one student roast another student, and the student, uh, the, the student that started it gets fired back on, and then the original, you're bullying me. I spoke with student after student after student. So to a parent, if your student comes home and says, I'm being bullied, well, it's almost like the person who reports the crime. Exactly. Well, maybe you're the culprit of the crime. Yep. Did you, are you making yourself a target? Okay, so that's, that's we could do a whole episode on bullying. Absolutely. Okay. Po- uh, being blocked on Instagram, Twitter. I, I've, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Wes. I've reevaluated my thought process on this recently because the online presence with our students is so big a deal in their lives that we need to start paying more attention to those online relationships and realize they, there's something. Maybe you and I have a hard time understanding that, but there's something to those online relationships. And so if, if somebody gets shut down by one of their online relationships, even if they never see them fit, you know, in person. Man, oh, dude, somebody you don't even know. It, oh, it, it, it happens a right. lot. Okay. And I'm talking about in the same school building. Right. Because, uh, they're, for instance, they may be online playing games together, and, and they know uh, one guy's online name is Pony – Pony Boy 65 and somebody <laughs> else's, you know, Warrior 843. And that's all they know each other by, but they call themselves good friends. And so if one of those online friends shuts you down, it's real. It, they, they experience the same grief as a breakup. Yes. And, and we've got to start paying a little more attention to those online relationships because they are not fake. They're real. And, uh, and I, I saw that in a great way this past year that taught me a, a big lesson that, that to not overlook th- what happens online. Can I ask what that was? Well, there was, there was, um, there was a, um, some remarks made um, back and forth between some people. Yep. And, uh, and one student tried to hurt himself. Sure. And so, so, it, I mean, it, it's real. It's real. It's real. And, uh, and I know you're not, you're not having a phys- physical, you know, let's go do this together relationship, but it's a virtual relationship that has the same, same feelings as, as real relationships. So almost as if to take that on as if it's a real relationship from a parent or teacher perspective. Absolutely. To not, let's see here. 
to not discount or discard it. Good, good. Okay, we've got to empathize. But for a student, I, you know what I, I, what I may tell them? If I'm talking to the student themselves, or if I'm a parent, well, one, it's time to limit social media, Absolutely. online time. Yes. I've got to minimize the, you know, it, if I like donuts, I can't have donuts sitting in the house, or I will eat one. So we got to minimize that time. I don't know if a student can self-regulate like that. I don't think they can. As a high school student, but I got to tell them, let's maybe we replace it. Hey, let's replace our online presence with some in-person activities. Do we like to ride a bike? What sports can you get involved in? What causes can you take up? Yes. Okay, that's that's my immediate. Let's replace that Instagram activity, but also this is real. Let's go through and process this broken up relation you get blocked on a snapchat not respond oh oh let me add this too consider what is a real what is a real emergency we have to teach that student good that this is not even though it feels that way this is not a real emergency you are not an sos reaching for help right now you are okay there are more people on snapchat and we can let it go. Absolutely. Let this go. is not, we have to teach, let them know, this is this is not an emergency. It feels like it, but it is not. Yeah. And, the, and the, the person that has blocked you, they are exerting certain level of power. Oh, yeah. Okay, and so I'm going to talk to a student about not letting people have power over you. You know, not letting the situation take power, take your power away from you. And, and because that person can block you on social media, which they certainly can do that, you know, they can delete you and everything else, uh, it's really trying to exert power, some level of power over you. You don't have to buy into that at all. Yeah. And, and as quick as they can block you, they can unblock you. And you know how finicky that stuff is. It happens. It can turn, it can turn around in 24 hours. How many times have you talked to a student who's in crisis, and then you check up on them the next day, and they don't even remember y'all talking about it because it's not a crisis anymore. <laughs> yeah. I had a girl that, that she blew up at one of her friends, and she went and blocked all her friends. Yeah. And she came to me, and she's crying. It's a crisis. I said, all right, first of all, get that phone out, and let's unblock everybody. Let's just unblock because I didn't want her isolated. You know? Screw and want, everybody. And I didn't want those other people to, to go with, you know, she's just crazy and she's blocked me and doesn't want a relationship. Let's look at this. So what that student who blocked everyone really wants is for those, she's hurt. Okay. Exactly. She's hurt. Now, maybe she caused some of it. How often are we messaging ex people? I mean, sure. the messaging, I see a guy or a girl someone shows them some interest and then they start blowing them up. Okay. That's a whole other thing. Can we minimize, can we limit our messages? Let's, we have to have more important things than this person. What I think this person thinks of me. Um, in any case, what good, what your friend is trying, we're saying we're doing good here. This is the most powerful podcast I've had today. It's the only podcast we've recorded today. Oh, but what I, I was feeling good for a second. What your friend, uh, what this student wants is, I'm hurt. I'm going to cut you off, and in hopes, whether she realizes it or not, that you come back to me and Respond. tell me you care. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that strategy 
backfires often. Yeah. Sometimes it works. You can pull it off a couple times, but not too many. But here's something else we've been teaching students, and they're great at teaching this at your school. Let go and move on. Let go and move on. That's the best. That's let go and move on. And I might try. Okay, this, this is the cap on being blocked. Okay. One, let go and move on. Two, do I have any responsibility in that? Were they being, just being a jerk? Self-evaluation or, or, is good. Or maybe maybe I'm doing something that deserved or caused them to block me. Let's learn from it, and we'll move on to the next one. And maybe you go up and say, you know what? I said something mean to you. Yeah. I understand that you blocked me. I apologize, and I'll, I'll look to change that behavior in future relationships. But don't go back to what we said to begin with. Don't discount the importance of what's happening. Because I've had students come to me in, in, in sobs and tears and, and say, she blocked me. You know, she blocked me. Yeah. And, or, and, and it, it, it's, it's real. It's real. And so the, it's nice as a 65 year old man that you're not discounting that because a lot of people your age, oh, who, kids and millennials. I'd, I'd like to say that. Yeah. I wish I could say that because I'm worried about all this. And I wish some of it didn't even exist, but it does exist. Yeah. And there's probably a lot more that I don't know about. You know, Snapchat world, I have Snapchat on my phone. I probably used it three times because some kids do contact me that way. But that Snapchat world where something is sent, as soon as it's read, it supposedly disappears. That's a whole different, that's a whole different thing to think about. But it's important that we know this. It's important we know this. I, I used to, I used to, a, a student comes to me crying and saying, my dog died. And I, in my mind, I'm going, oh, my God, it's a dog. But, but I, I don't think like that anymore. Or, you know, uh, a 14-year-old 14, 14 girl and boy break up, and she's distraught or he's distraught. I, I'm telling you, there's a, that's a loss there, and we have to help them. To realize that's a, that is that is true loss, and you can grieve each loss and move on. I saw a middle school student experience what was a massive loss to them, but in in reality, it was not a massive loss. And I heard the mom say to the student, "Well, don't get any easier." There was no acknowledgement, no empathy. We have to acknowledge. It. We've got to at least acknowledge it and right. empathize. And the dread of being rejected, the anxiety of being rejected by your peers, is huge. It's huge, and it makes students vulnerable because it will drive them into behaviors that maybe they wouldn't normally uh, carry out in order to keep from being rejected by their peers. It's, it's powerful. Dare to suck. That's where that philosophy comes dare to in. Suck. Dare to suck. I'm going to dare to get rejected. You know you give out man points. I remember at a, at a dance for middle school students, I gave them, I stole your man points philosophy, your man points game, and said, if you ask someone to dance, you get man points. And that let them off the hook from the response being the determinant of their value. Just, it was... Go try. We, we try. I heard a student on a video say, yeah, yeah, I didn't make it, but you gotta try. This was at an intro video as we started the school year. And I finally did make the basketball team. 
right? Finally did. He goes, you got to try. That was his message. Yeah. Good. Poor. So difficult. The dread of being exposed for being poor. And I'll tell you in our... You were rich growing up, though. (laughs) You were. I was not. I was middle class because you're a teacher and... But uh, you were rich. Um, that would be a negatory. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't poor either. Yeah. Uh, I, we had poor kids, and I, I, knew, I knew them. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a terrible story um, about it, and, and I'm the villain in this one. <laughs> I, I know, I noticed, you were kind of a jerk growing up, you told me. You I, shot your brother in the leg. With an arrow. That would be the other way around. He shot me. Oh, he shot yeah. me. Yeah, that is right. Sorry, go ahead. But but I noticed a student in my class, uh, a fourth or fifth grade, I noticed he wasn't wearing any underwear. His pants were too big for him, way too big. And uh, he had a little rotten T-shirt on. And uh, T-shirts weren't worn in those days very much. It was what we called an undershirt. He was wearing an undershirt and no shirt over it. And his pants were too big for him, and he wasn't wearing any underwear. And I started making fun of him. Uh, Chris don't have underwear. Chris not yep. wearing underwear. Uh, I got home and and a phone call from my teacher had beat me home Uh-oh. that I was making fun of a poor kid at school. And my mom grabbed me up, put me in a car. We went to a little store, department store. She, she made me go buy Chris some underwear. And, uh, I kept, you know, I was arguing. I don't know what size he wears. She goes, well, would it matter that much if he doesn't have any? Does it have to be exactly the right size? Do your best. So I, you know, I pulled out my tag to see what size I wore. And I thought, well, he's not much different than me. I'll get about the same size. Right. So I got him. I, I bought six pairs of underwear. His mom, I mean, my mom gave me the money. I didn't have the money to do that. And then. I said, all right, here's, I come back out and get in the car. Here's the underwear. I got it for him. And then she starts driving in a direction different from our home. And she drove straight to Chris's house. Oh. And made me go up on the front porch of their house and knock on the door and apologize to his mom and hand off the underwear for Chris. And I learned a big lesson that day. That was, that was, that was a big lesson. And, and, uh, it, you know, I begin to think, even at that young age, wait a minute, why doesn't he have underwear? Is his family right. that poor offered? He just don't like underwear. But when I went to his house, I saw the house was literally rotten and down around. Yes. Him. So uh, as a as a big that lesson. was part of her plan. But in this in this climate where we live, uh, I always noticed uh, when the weather turns cold and kids put on coats, that's kind of when you sure. can see a difference. Um, and we do a lot of things in this area to keep from those students being exposed as poor by coach for the cold. And we have a family resource center that provides uh, nice clothes and shoes. I noticed a church here in town uh, on Saturday gave away 4,000 pairs of shoes. Because, because you know, shoes kind of dictated some status there as well. And I thought, wow, that church is buying 4,000 pairs of shoes to give to students. They also gave away haircuts, backpacks, and, and lots of other things. They were aware of that being an issue. But, but those students who are poor and they don't have anything and they kind of know it, they dread that being pointed out. Absolutely. They really dread it. 
and and you and I and a lot of people we know will go out of our way to make sure that we get that student taken care of. You're getting really serious as you talk. You this is close to for you. I've I've put them in the car with me many times. You said, "Let's go." You're a great gift giver. I know that you are a good gift giver, and so you want to make sure nobody feels that way. I I, I want them to not dread coming to school but and wearing the clothes they have because your dad lost his job. And I heard a principal, assistant principal, talking to a student who had, she was a foster child and had a, a really a tough circumstance around her life. And the principal looked at her and he called attention to it. And the assistant principal, he said, you ain't been dealt a very good hand. Yeah. And the, the little girl had never heard that. He goes, here's what here's what's happened for you here's what's going on with a lot of kids and she looked at him like here's a guy shooting me straight and 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 it sucks for me i know that i understand this about you and i don't think anything less of you for that reason absolutely and and i'll tell you you got a great personality i don't yeah when we have the the ability or the sense or the power to validate somebody else's reality oh yeah and and nobody's ever done that for them. You you've, first of all, you got a friend for life. That person will love you forever. And then if you make that commitment, I know it sucks for you, but I'm going to try to reduce the suck. You have said to students, your dad sucks, right? Your mom is not a good mom. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your your mom can't love you today. <laughs> I'm sorry she can't, for whatever reason, she can't love you today. Uh, I sat with a group of students back in the spring, 10 young ladies, all high school age, and I asked this question, um, tell me who thinks you're awesome. Tell me those people who who are in your corner and they just think you're the stuff. Just tell me some of those people. And I looked to my left, and the first young lady goes, I don't really have anybody like that. And went around the room, uh, every single student, and I knew they weren't lying or were close to telling the truth. You know, you, your growing up years, there's a bunch of people thought you're the stuff, you know? A lot of people in your life thought you were the stuff. You, had, you do hear, I, I wouldn't agree with that, but I can go. It, you had a support system. I can say, looking back, sometimes people would tell you, hey, I thought you, you had a lot going on. And in my own mind, I was inferior in some ways. Exactly. Sure. But these young ladies couldn't identify anybody who thought they were the stuff. Right. You know, they they couldn't identify it. And I took that first young lady, and I reached out, and I took her hand in that that group setting, and I said, I think you're the stuff. I want to be on your team. Yes. I want you to, I want you to put me on your team so that, that you know that there's one person that thinks you're awesome. The next 34, 35 minutes, they just cried. They just cried because of the level of tenderness that came toward them that they weren't they weren't used to. And these girls are they've had a, they've had a tough time. And and so being able to bring that tenderness to kids who are struggling, especially with that socio and economic stuff, homeless kids. Uh, you know, the last thing a homeless child wants to do is look homeless. 
you know, the last thing a poor kid wants to do is look poor. And so we got to get keep, to, keep talking. I'm going to let the cat in. We've we've got to get we got to get stuff on them that looks like everybody else, and and give them a little bit of relief from their uh, uh, from that anxiety and dread and stress of of being different. And uh, you know we're not going to ever solve all of that, but 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 we have to take action on behalf of that student or give them something that allows them to take action. A lot of the coaching is not to the person who is feels poor, but is to coach the people around them. Absolutely. And to that specific person who feels poor, maybe they are, they most likely are, is to simply ask. Most schools have resources. Absolutely. Ask for help. I did speak with a student last year who came to school smelling terrible he's wearing the same thing over and over and i did the same technique as the principal after i had developed that relationship i said that smells terrible man come on and i started rib it came from a place of love and i had addressed it to where you know it's like comedians if they address a certain subject that's really taboo it takes the power out of it it takes that's the power why, out thank you that's why the certain words that we can't say they address those words, you bring it down, and they're not as powerful. Absolutely. Okay, poor, we ask, and we're going we're gonna to ask them to ask for help, and we're also going to uh, in, instruct the people around to come on in. The bystander, you're really big about the bystander. Same with bully. We're not necessarily addressing the bully. It's the, if we know if a bystander or a classmate or someone up steps up, speaks up. Take action. Boy, it stops almost all of these issues. Absolutely, that's that. Those are the heroes. That's the culture I want kids to be in, where, where if somebody were to be bullied for their size or their looks or their clothes or financial status, that that five other kids would step up and go, huh, no, not stop. here. The and counselor this ends right now. The counselor at the school today, she said, "This is." She said, "Oh, here at at this school." We don't have bullying here. We don't do bullying here. And the kids had a sigh of relief because they are nervous. Yeah. And she said, here's our, and she did a whole lesson on, here's how we take this on. And Good. a large part of that, part of that involved bystanders. Let's, let's, why not? Now listen to me. We went longer than I said we would. No problem. But we're actually really, really, really getting into some good stuff. We can go forward. I'm excited. Good. Size, right. small, chubby. Let's talk about size. Kids, they're not bullied. Let's just say we're not bullied here, but they're concerned. I've got this spot on my face. I've got this birthmark, my hair, whatever it is. How, what, what, what do we got? Well, in, if I'm dealing with those students, I'm teaching like crazy. Uh, older kids, I say, you don't like the body you got? Change it. Ooh. You know, ten dollars a week at, or ten dollars a month of Planet Planet Fitness, or I can take you down here to our trainer, and you tell him what your goals are, and he'll set you up a plan to to change the body. You have the power to change your body, uh, a, not a, a lot, but certainly change some what, of it. What can we control? What can we change? And yeah, is it is it okay to not be okay with with a part that yeah. we can change? Yeah, but what if it's my face yeah and and again uh if i'm teaching with that student and reminding them uh, 
uh, if you think this is your final form, this is not your final form. You're going you're changing. Yeah. I said, I can't believe how much you changed since last year. You know, or I can't believe how much you changed since two years ago. You're, you're not in your final form. There is a pot. Has every, every pot has a lid. Every, that's your, that's your statement. And you know, what's interesting to me, some parts about myself, would you say I was fairly self-conscious about body? Some. Yes, you were. Being. At, at some point. Didn't my hair have to be parted a certain way when I was younger too? You liked a certain hairstyle. I liked a certain part. Okay. What What's the thought here? Oh, what we don't like about ourselves can also be the thing other people are most attracted There's to. There's no doubt about that. For example, freckles. I have the wonderful gift of being pasty with freckles. Okay? Or, or at least I thought I was. Yes. Some people like freckles. I love freckles. <laughs> okay. You're not in your final form. Yeah. I mean, that's some teaching. You're not in your final form, but that doesn't help them very much. I'm, I'm, this is the way I look today. And if it is, like, if it is a something about them that they cannot change, they can do nothing about, how about, how can we grow, how can we change the way we see this? Absolutely. I don't, you know, and there's a lot of self-talk. I don't particularly like this part of my self. I don't like you nose, but I accept you. You yeah. know what? I got a big nose, and I'm going to learn to love you. And, and Positive then, affirmation on some level. And then here's the other thing that I love is that, that a student can can find something or we can help them find some things to immerse themselves in to where it just really doesn't matter. I don't care what that guy playing that violin looks like. They play my When they play, my blood pressure drops. I feel hope in the world. I have. I'm 35. Extremely fit, extremely good looking today. You are a good looking man. Thank you so much. But can I, you know, I've had several knee surgeries. Listeners don't. But I remember going, my knee, my knee, my knee, my knee. Obsessed. And I went, wait, wait, wait. How many parts, how many bones do I have in my body? How many, you can tell me, how many? 206. uh, A person has 206. You are ridiculous with your useless trivia. That is a good fact, though. We have 206 bones. We have many. How? Many things are working. Yeah. Isn't the human mind focused on what we don't like? Sure. The one person in the audience, the one classmate who doesn't, the one comment who doesn't like our picture. That's right. Okay. And, and, and so we have to, we, we have, have to, make... we have to get our mental six pack on and, and see work on the positive. But, but, but I got to tell you though, we got young kids and students who walk up in front of that mirror and they just ruminate on what they don't like. And some students tell me, I, when, I, when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm disgusted. Yeah. Okay. Did you notice that one of my eyes is a little lower than the other? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you look, and you look as hard yeah. as you can look, <laughs> and I can't manufacture it in my mind, but they did. Right. And then I go back to teaching. I said, oh, you're doing that in a mirror? And they go, yeah. I said, well, you know a mirror is nothing but a reflection, and it's always, it's always, uh, uh, <laughs> it's not a perfect reflection. That, that, you know, you've never seen your own face. I've seen your face, but nobody else has ever. I mean, you can't see your own face. All you can see is a reflection of your face, and no mirror reflects back 
perfectly the way you look. And they go, what are you talking about? I said, have you ever heard your recorded voice? Yeah, I sound like an idiot. I said, no. No, no, no. No, you don't sound like an idiot. When you listen to that recording of your voice, it sounds different than you think your voice sounds. You do not sound like an idiot. You sound normal. You sound just fine. Your voice is fine, and so is your face. And so to let, don't let them ruminate and ruminate and ruminate on what they consider a flaw. You know, right. don't, don't let them ruminate on that and tell them to stop ruminating there. Uh, it, it, I've seen some students carry it to unbelievable extremes. It, it's, it's amazing what they tell me. Yeah, yeah, did you notice my, one of my teeth is bigger than the other one? I said, there's no human being in the world who's ever measured your teeth, including you. And, but they, and again, let's say it's like a David Letterman gap in the tooth. Well, people kind of like that. Some people like that. Sex A. Sex A. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. But, but I, don't, I challenge their, their thinking on that yes. when I'm talking to them so that they don't dread it every day. And, and you know what? Maybe there is a part about them that I notice, and it doesn't fit the what we describe as attractive. Yeah. I'll give you an example for self. You remember how delicious my hair was? <laughs> Long, beautiful, brown, curly locks. Delicioso. Well, it started thinning. Part of that, it, it, due to stress, perhaps. Also, bad genes. Thank you so much. I got my hair. You dude. know what? Sometimes I look in the mirror, and I don't like the aesthetic of it. You do have hair, and that upsets me. I don't like the aesthetic of it, all right? However, I will do that same thing. I am not my hair. No. Okay? And what parts do I like about myself? And you know what? I don't quite like how that, this looks today. I'm not taking Propecia. I shave, and I go on about my day. You know, whatever. I, I, same it's thing not my me. favorite part of my... But I accept it. I heard a guy who... Uh, we talked about flying. He did not like flying. He goes... No, I don't like it. I deal with it. Yeah, I just, just deal, deal with it. And move on. Yeah, and and you know, we everybody has something like that. I I don't like the fact that that I'm getting older every day. You know, I don't like looking down at my hand and it's going. That looks a lot like my dad's hand. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what his hand used to look like. I don't like that, but that's the way it is. And so we're going to deal on today on today's terms right mm. you've heard that before yeah we're going to deal with today on today's terms and and so our imagined reality never is what is never reality never demanding schedule we've got four more oh my goodness gracious uh, uh you know I, I feel that I, I already gave you one hint to realize you've got this demanding schedule it's just today you know, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, what do you got to deal with tomorrow? You don't have to do all of that schedule, the uh, 90-day schedule tomorrow. You just have to do tomorrow's schedule and start breaking it down and start help them learn to break it down. Break it down. And prioritize. That's a time management and priorities thing. Yeah. And for me, it looks like little bits consistently. But I'm but, not going to eat the whole hamburger. I will take a bite of the hamburger. Right. I will chew it up. And swallow that bite, and then take another bite. But but there are, there are some students who who look at that and they quit in the first fifteen twenty minutes of a class. They they will go, I'm going to fail this class. They make up their mind ahead of time. I can't do all that, and you can't. 
but you can do tomorrow's, <laughs> yeah. right? You can do tomorrow's. See, they're looking. This is this is something else I've just been thinking about. You look through at life through a thirty-five-year-old filter. Yes. Okay. Their filter's not as large. They look at life through a twelve-year-old filter. Absolutely. And that twelve-year-old filter hasn't had a chance to filter all that stuff yet. I look at life through an almost sixty-six-year-old filter, and you know my filter is different than yours. Hundred percent. I see things differently. I value things differently. I gauge things differently, especially time, because you know of of my filters, and so we can't expect them to 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 take that in with the current filters that they have installed. We can't expect it. There, there, some people go, "What are stupid kids thinking?" Actually, they did all right for the little filter they've <laughs> yeah. got. Yes, they can't see into the next year or next. They can't project these things because they've never had to. They're just twelve. They're just 15. And so I'm going to give them a little room to have a, to have a, 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 a very uh, new filter that's not very experienced and, have, and, and then try to teach them how to filter some of those things if, if they give me a chance. Two things I think about some of my classmates who were absolutely pathetic classmates. <laughs> they were liars, uh, untrustworthy. Thieves and cheaters. Thieves. <laughs> Sinners. Pedophiles. Pedophiles. <laughs> really? And and look at them today. Some are thriving. Absolutely. You never know where you someone's going to go. No. You never. These are, that's the other thing we got to remember. As we guide and work with kids, I'm not dealing with a finished product. I'm dealing with a work in progress, and I get to be a part of that. How many career points does Shaquille O'Neal have? I do not know. I want to say it's 28,000. I believe it's 28,000. It's in the top 10 list. Uh, I'll look it up here in a moment when I have you speak. Okay. But uh, if I would try to, if I thought about myself going in to play basketball, NBA, and they say, you're going to have to score 28,000 points, or you will score, it's going to freak me out. It's exactly right. Um, Too much. Shot by shot kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay. Demanding schedule. You don't have to do it all today. No. We're going to work on little consistent chunks right now and then and then do that and let the chips fall it's like an attachment to results okay we haven't said that yet there's such an attachment to i can't control the result not always what if i fell the class you know what i'm going to show up and do the best i can if i fell i fell absolutely but i will show up and i will do the work chelsonin i will show up on time every time and do the work full speed anxiety for mean teachers there's there I've got strong thoughts about all that. All this. We have some teachers who suck, don't yeah. we? I I don't know any. <laughs> we have some mean teachers, and other teachers know about those mean teachers. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, sh- I have. Uh, I I do know this that I think I think I've got a maximum of uh, a maximum of ten days to set that student up for success in my class. They're, they're, they're making a judgment on me from the minute they walk in. Yeah. This is somebody I can get along with. This is somebody I can succeed with. This is somebody that I like. This this person is going to be interesting. This person is going to be dull. This is the kind of class I hate. I think we have a maximum of 10 days. And, and, and so students come in, and then what they – 
project onto my face as a teacher. I can't control that. Right. But but if it's some girl who's had a hard time with authoritarian men, then I'm probably not going to be successful with her, even though I'm not an authoritarian. In her mind, I might be, so she may project that authoritarian yes. in face on me. Um, if if I'm a guy who is kind and, and nice to somebody and they've not been treated like that, uh, it could be refreshing for them. Uh, if I give, if I throw them off and don't and don't do what's expected, and I do something different, they're going to go, "Wow, this is different." This I'll give them another day. You have a teacher. You have a student come up, and they go, "I'm anxious. I have a teacher. This teacher is mean, and you happen to know this teacher, and this is a mean teacher. What do we? How do we coach the student?" That's really good. What do you tell the student? That's really good. That's a really good question. That's real reality right there. And let me answer this, okay? Sometimes uh, I drink a poison because I'm mad at you type of thing. I don't like the football coach, so I quit the team, even though probably what I would gain from being with teammates and all the other coaches I like is going to be better than the punishment I get from quitting. So if I don't like a teacher... Some students just go, I'm not doing anything. Screw it all. All right, what do we, and and they have anxiety. Oh, my God, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. This teacher is going to start giving me the syllabus and talking about math at 7 a.m. in the morning, and I'm anxious, and I don't want to see them. How do we help the student? There there are several things. By the way, 28,000. 596 career points for, you were that for the Shaq diesel. Have yeah, you, I, I, I study. I study Shaq. That's amazing. Um, after basketball practice one day, I was I was coaching high school girls basketball. One of my players comes in or hangs back after practice, and she walks up to me, a little short point guard, and says, I, I got to tell you, I just can't deal with sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't see myself as a sarcastic person in any way. But something I did or said or some physicality, she took as sarcasm, okay? And it really threw me into a, into a, a loop, the fact that that student said something to me. And I reevaluated the way I interacted with my athletes at that sure. point. And, and, I, and I, I got to thinking about it. If there's sarcasm in my life, I want to eliminate it because students, and especially that student, can't deal with it. And so, believe it or not, to, to, for a student to, to go up to a teacher or to write a note, yes, it's really, uh, it, it, it's really hard for me to learn when you're raising your voice and, and leave that. It can have a profound effect on a teacher, a profound effect on a teacher. So, but that would take somebody who's not so afraid, not, you know, that'd create more anxiety for most people. Well, if we can uh, get them through that. Yeah, to, to get them there. Because, for instance, if, if we have a, 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 an angry teacher or an angry parent, uh, our chances of changing them is not good. But our chances of helping that student change their response to that, that's good. We yes. can help them change their response. What we have to, okay, and ba- and piggybacking on that i don't like when people say and let me piggyback on what she said when i let me let me tack on to <laughs> stay off my back let me tack on to that 
the stu- what's the student's job in class is to go in and learn the subject. Absolutely. You don't have to like it. Okay. No. I don't like it. But what can I get excited about in yeah. this class? Yeah. What mission can I? Okay. It's a math class. Is there another game I can make out of this? Class? Yeah. Absolutely. How many students can I pull a prank on by the end of the semester? Let's alter the mission slightly. Let's have them advocate for themselves. Can we tell? I, I sat down with a counselor who sat down with a teacher last semester. This teacher is not the nicest person ever. And he's, it's also a very imposing physical presence. And the counselor helped the student speak their mind. I'm terrified of coming to your class wow. every day. That's good counseling. And, and the teacher goes, oh, what are you talking about? I said, wait, wait, wait. Say it again. And the student again said, you raise your voice and you, you talk loud and I'm just really nervous. And, this, and at one point, the student finally just balled up in tears. The teacher did not respond. The counselor didn't solve it for him. And finally, the, teach, the, the teacher just wore it and goes, oh my gosh. And it did have a profound effect. It's profound. And his, uh, this teacher's body language, his tone, it got down on the students. This little, little girl's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't. And it, it finally got through. Thank goodness the school had that counselor to, to go through. and That's a big deal right there. And do that. It's huge. But, and the other thing about is, uh, you know, you, have, you and I have to realize that that student's interpretation of somebody being mean might not be reality. It just may be their perception and and so if we have other information, we may have to help them with their uh, perception. One one student told me that he my teacher yeah he hates me, he hates me. Right. Okay. Now I'm pretty sure that a teacher who maybe sees as many as 150 kids a day hasn't picked that child out to hate. I'm pretty sure that's not happened. Okay. I'm I, but one of the things the way I counter that is I drop something in personal about that about that teacher example yeah did you know that his wife's been in hospital all summer absolutely yeah they're people drop some of that in and it seems to diffuse it a little bit which helps the student to not make it so personal right yeah i had a professor who had a a, a wife going in a cancer battle that she ultimately lost and that professor was not showing up very well and uh and i I went okay, cool, uh, and, and they did. They did ultimately come back, and and, and one of my favorites. But we have to consider that, and so help the student. Is it true? Yes or no? Most yeah. of the time, no. If it is true, okay. How are we going to take this yeah. on? We can be assertive. Last two or three. How are your legs? Good. I'm making my dad stand up. Beautiful. No friends. Uh, let's be brief on this one. Okay. What What do you got? It is possible, it is absolutely possible for a student to come in to you and say, I don't have any friends, and they dread coming to school every single day. Don't have one friend. They don't have one friend. And that that It's usually because they're kind of outside the social norm. It's, it's not usually the friend's fault. It's something about that student that I need to help them correct. Boom. What can we identify? Yeah. You know, I've done that before. I've I've reached out to people and, and said, give me some feedback on how I'm landing on you. Good. Okay. 
let me offer the other side of this. So to one, help the student identify what it is that is an unattractive quality. Yeah. Maybe they're always trying to control, right? It's like the bully situation sure. removed. Sure. Well, actually, you're the bully. Okay. So uh, on the other side of that is a student came to me recently and said, no friends. Oh, really? We just identified 11. And if you have one friend, one good friend, let's reassert our, let, yeah. let's re analyze, uh, get another idea rather of our expectations. How many friends should I have? Exactly. How many right. people should I be friends with? If you have one good friend, one good friend, you're ahead of most people. You that's know? true. That is a real number. And that, and that's another thing about students they, that, that drive them into anxiety. Sometimes they think in absolutes always never. I've never done that. They use those terms all the time on me. Always nobody, everybody, absolutes but when you challenge their absolute it's never right almost it's never right and so and so uh, i would validate the reality if i could but also can invalidate their perception if i need to uh and by saying you just identified 11 friends you came in here saying i don't have any friends we just identified 11 people what can we do to make them better friends Boom. What, what can I do to be a better friend than them? Yes. And what then if, you can build those 11 or one relationship. What about this? Not how many, what can we have a different conversation? Here's what I mean by that. Not how, if the, when the student is asking or saying, I have no friends, let's, let's flip it. Who can I help me out here? What am I trying to say? Um, who can I help feel like they have a friend? Yes, yeah, good. Yeah, flipped script. There we go. So I have no friends. Who can I come in and help today? Pick out one person we can help today. Yeah, you're big on that. You're big on um, helping someone feel special. You like to write notes. Yeah, if you get outside yourself, you're not going to be so so uh, morbid in your thinking about your own self if you can get outside yourself. You're an incredible speech deliverer. You can give a great presentation. And why is that, though? Is that because you're concerned about how you look when you're giving that presentation or how you're going to be received, results-oriented? You are focused on them getting the information that you think is going to be helpful. The byproduct is people love you, right? I'm going to go, yes. Okay, so well, same with friends. Sure. If I'm focused on helping lift up a classmate's day— Sure. It's going to come back tenfold. There we go. No friends. And also, by the way, okay, so we identified maybe you're doing something that is, that's causing, that's moving people, causing people to pull away from you. What about this? Like I message, oh, what'd you do? Well, I messaged them 30 times today. Uh, That that would limit your friends. There we go. We got to correct that behavior and you're going to be back on the ball. Um, Two, change your mindset on this one. Let's, let's look at this differently. Um, three, this is a short period of time. That's another commonality. Hey, uh, maybe next year, you know, we said something a minute ago about like going to a table and students telling, you no. there's, here's a phrase that comes up, go where you're appreciated. Good. Maybe I'm trying to force something here, yeah. force myself into one group, but the other groups welcoming me with open arms. Maybe I go over there. And I will say this is some students that I've found that, that really have a hard time with friends are the ones who are really narrow focused on you know, one thing or one hobby. If all I talk about is dinosaurs, that's, I'm going to limit 
my conversations a lot. Um, if all I want to do is go home and practice my guitar, I may get to be a very guitar player, but it's a, one, it's a lonely number when you're at home. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to be asked to join the band. So, so we, we try to get them to open up their focus a little bit too sometimes. And if they're being obnoxious with it, call it out. You, know, you just can't keep sending these people these messages 30 times. We call that stalking. You, know? you cross the line, dude. <laughs> all it, right. it, it does happen, though. That's all I got. I think we covered a lot of areas where, and a lot of these overlap. You know, a lot of the, a lot of it does overlap, but we covered a lot of areas that are bringing anxiety to kids. For some of those like me, they're going to tip over into panic. Absolutely. And the fight or flight response. We've identified that. If you're in a panic attack, how can you know what to do? And also, what are some of those general recurring causes that send people into that zone? And and holy lord, we've covered it. I need to sleep. I need to. I need to sleep after this. We did it all. Well, there's a lot. We solved all the anxiety issues tonight. <laughs> I, I, if there's one person left out there with anxiety, with anxiety, I evidently just didn't hear this. We fixed it. But but <laughs> you know, my heart my heart breaks for kids who are stressed up over school. It should be it should be and is for most students. Uh, going back to school, it's happy. You get to be back around your friends. You got a new schedule, new new teachers, and all that, and you feel time kind of passing on. I'm moving up. Uh, but but for some. It's not the happiest place in the world for them, and and uh, and I hate it for those kids. I want them, I want them to to feel safe and stimulated and 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 enriched and loved. When people say that environment doesn't matter, it's all about holy. That's no, a lie. It matters. Okay, it matters. circumstances don't matter. It's how you you have to be happy first yeah. in order for the no circumstances matter. They do. Okay, I can I can remember being around a, a certain class that there were there were not very many nice people. I can think of one particular year when I was with one particular bunch of guys, and I also had teachers that weren't my favorite. You can be swimming in a school day of suck, okay, but that school day will end. That year will end. It's going to come to an end. You know what? And we're this is not forever. And I'll I'll be honest with you. Just about every problem has a time limit. Absolutely. Every problem. Even students that tell me they're 15 years old and they tell me some horrific home situation. I said, well, I can't solve that for you today, but i got great news. In uh, two years and nine months, you can walk out there and never have to go back. When you turn 18, you're a full-grown adult in our society, and you can walk out. And they go, Really, two years and nine months? Well, that's when you turn eighteen. Every, I mean, even <laughs> yeah. at the worst, that's that's how long his problems gonna yeah. last. That doesn't solve the problem, but it gives them a little hope. And it, just about every problem has a time limit. Yeah, it's the hopeless. It's yeah. the feeling that I am hopeless, helpless, trapped. Is that the phrase? It is. Yeah, that's 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 when people get jammed up. Is it hopeless? No, never. almost never. No, almost never. Yep. Even if it's a, a, a really difficult illness, oh, there's still hope. There's still hope. How am I going to show up each day? Uh, uh, there's always hope. There's always helped. We're never trapped. Absolutely. And it's never forever. Holy Lord. Okay. 
it's a good way to end it. You want to close on that? Um, I'll just say this, that I felt yeah. that sense of hopelessness today. Here it comes. You're getting married soon Here it comes. at my house, and I made a long list, and and I felt hopeless. Never getting that list done for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not trapped. We'll get her done one thing at a time Tears. off my list. Tears coming. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, it, 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 Congratulations on nice getting married. Nice to have a team us. member. Yeah, I haven't said too much personal because hey, let me let me offer this. I said this last week when we when I spoke about Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. So the situation with her is we can be very public with our lives today. Okay, and I only offer information if I think it can help, and it maybe at some point I only self-disclose. I think the, the the listeners getting to know me a little bit more is helpful, but gosh, I got to be careful with what I offer. Yeah, you know, and I said about Demi uh, Lovato, maybe she's putting out there, I'm going through this, and I can help people. Well, I'm sure you can, but also consider. This is a wound right now, and this is an addiction that we're carrying on. Maybe I'd need to get clear on this and separate myself from it yeah. and, and, and re- really narrow down. Yeah. Uh, and I've done that before on YouTube. Uh, I have said a lot before. and went, maybe, maybe I need to be careful about what I put out there. I that goes think, back to social media. I don't think I've seen you go up on Facebook and go, feeling depressed today. Yeah, we, see, we need coaching around that. Now, would I? Would you? No. If, Lord, no. No, hold on. If you're a child. Of course. Absolutely. They of need course. coaching on that. I don't make someone better or worse when they do that. All right. All right, partner. I got it. Love you, buddy. Thank you. It only feels right to say that, but don't make me feel weird about it. Okay? That's fine. Thank you. I can't wait to You're not going to give me an I love you? Okay. That's um, weird. I just deleted you from Facebook. <laughs> All right. Episode 10 in the books. Stress going back to school. We solved it all. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.